This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hey, all you cotton-headed ninny muggins. I've been waiting a really long time for that. When we started the podcast in February of this year, just after Christmas, and I realized I wanted to use the nickname Cotton-Headed Ninny Muggins like the movie Elf, but I was going to have to wait a almost a year to do it, and that day has finally come. You're welcome. Uh, so this is the 50th episode of this podcast, which is very exciting. It means we didn't get canceled. It's like uh, we got renewed for another season. You know, the network bigwigs, Matt, Toby, and Joey, decided to renew the show. So, yes, we're almost a year in. This thing is rocking and rolling. And we have you guys mainly to thank for that. We also have me to thank a good bit, and Toby some, and even Joey a little bit. One of the things that keeps us going is the BC Club, and that's our contributors that contribute to this podcast that we give away for free. We thank you a ton. Um, We have a new thing that the BC Club is sponsored to release, and that is our music compilation, the lineup it's out right now it as in it just came out right now so you can go to badchristian.com forward slash the lineup and get it and we have 24 songs on there that we're giving away for free so it's the bc music artist it's a bunch of unsigned independent artists and it's some artists on some other really good labels anyway it's 24 really good songs that we're proud to have and give away to you we do ask that if you think it's worth anything, as always, please contribute. Please give us a dollar. Please give us, you know, $10,000, whatever you think the music is worth, whatever you think this podcast is worth, please chip in. Uh, well, you could consider it our Christmas present. And no, it's not tax deductible, but still, just chip in anyway. So let me tell you all the bands that are on there. I'm going to read them all out loud. I want to thank everybody for participating. If I get any of the, these band names wrong, uh, I apologize. But then again, I don't really apologize because you should have come up with a band name that was easy to read from a computer screen this day and age. Anyway, here we go. King's Kaleidoscope, Almost Normal, We Are the City, 68, Search for Safety, The Classic Crime, Kevin William, Abandoned Kansas, Talking Trees, The Foxery, Edelweiss, Emery, The Ongoing Concept, Crowns, Pacific Gold, Cardinal Harbor, Jameson, Sullivan, Convalesce, Wolves at the Gate, Isla, Focal Few, Handsome and Gretel, and Rusty Cole. Free music for everybody. You're welcome. Now let's enjoy the podcast, everybody. Three. That was Joey, by the way. Two. Still Joey. Speed it along, fellas. Sounds fly. Let's get moving. One. Ha, ha, have your, have your, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let the Yuletide That was a terrible one. No, it was good. Good work. Welcome whenever, to the Bad Christian Joey Podcast, everybody. That's not um, true. Th- this is the part where I try to say welcome and y'all talk or interrupt or whatever it is you do. But Joey's awful at beatboxing and starting a, our podcast. Yeah, that's oh. okay. That's all right. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Some. 
Matt agrees with me. I agree with Toby, and I think it's just all right. But welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Matt, Toby, and Joey here. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We have Jen Smith is going to be our guest. She's a female, obviously, and a blogger and stuff like that. Oh, I thought you said Jim. Yeah, Sorry Jim. No, Jen Smith. I said. Okay. So Joey says he's got I some you said stuff. Danny. Joey's got some stuff he said he wanted to talk about today. He said, "Don't." as far as the conversational aspect of the podcast, he says, I've got that covered, which always makes yeah. me quite nervous. So I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about here. Uh, Joey, you want to take it away? Yeah, I've got a checklist. Oh, boy. Hey, can you not do the breathing in the mic like Logan called you out for like a okay. hundred times? All right. So y'all know my uh, y'all know my pastor stories? Yep. Listen, listen to what Rosa uh, told me this is my oldest daughter eight years old she said dad i actually said in front of blank a, a girl that she hangs out with Can't you make up but we make up fake names in that situation okay i actually said to jennifer i swear and dad she said you shouldn't say swear i thought your dad was a pastor <laughs> So rosa was like first of all what's wrong with saying i swear and second of all like she's already getting heckled for her dad being a pastor. I thought your dad's a pastor, so I had to actually explain to her why I didn't think it was a big deal, and uh, you know, basically how if it bothers her, then don't say it. But I used to get in trouble for saying that. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, people thought, I, I, which is hilarious. It can't even matter. The but it's crazy because the people that go to the church that I lead are way more strict with their kids as far as what they say. And so I get in those awkward uh, moments very often. And it's, uh, you know. Because you're so liberal. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, imagine having to sit in front of Toby. Great first story. <laughs> oh, well, are, Matt, we are, are we already done with that conversation? Yeah, we've, we've already, Joey's already moving on. Yeah, this is my checklist. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move through it. I wanted to say the words I used to get in trouble for. Okay. Uh, we got to get through the checklist. No, yeah, no, no, we, no. there is a I mean, checklist <laughs> to get through. Okay, I remember uh, my cousins when I was... Yeah. Okay, cool. You remembered I, your cousins. I remember I was going into the sixth grade, so I think I was like 11 or something like that, 10 or 11. And my cousin said, oh, you are a butthole. And I went, oh, my Lord. <laughs> and I felt so scared and worried. And I think I remember going home. And I like said it out loud to myself, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and, then I, and then I remember learning the word "sucks," and my parents hated that one. They would not, they did not like oh, that. Yeah. You don't say the word "sucks" because I think they must have thought immediately went like to like oral sex or something. It like is that. okay. Like, so just take that one for a second. That's legitimate because think about all the people. Speaking of legalism, and the post I wrote last last week, this is a good example of that because people say. Uh, don't you shouldn't say shit because it's it's bad it's wrong and it says no unwholesome talk or whatever but I'd say those words when used in the way that I use them at least are usually not graphic or sexual or anything but those same people on almost anybody says oh that movie sucked or sucks and I think it was in the 80s when sucks kind of came out as you know slang and for sure what it means means is suck dick that's what it means yeah I don't it's, know if that's true yeah yeah it does. That's what it That's means. That's why our parents are so sensitive about it. But it's way worse than saying shit. shit. Let me tell a quick story real quick about sucks. This is I, I don't think I've told this on the podcast. If I I've have, got to get through my checklist. If I had, please forgive me. When I was doing my internship at, in a first grade class, uh, there was a, a little boy and a little girl, and uh, they were kind of arguing back and forth. And then she said, Mr. Toby, Mr. Toby, come over here. Uh, he just said something. And uh, she had a very southern drawl accent, right? And so... I said, 
what did he say? And she goes, Cabe, cabe, camante. And I said, <laughs> I said, it sounded like that to me. And I was like, what? And I had her say it again. She said that at the same thing. I was like, I don't understand. I said, please say it really slow. And she goes, cry, baby, cry, baby, suck your mama's titty. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what's funny. He said it. He's about to get in trouble for it, but I made her say it four times. Because she, she was horrified by what the, the yeah, kid said in the first place. And I kept going, what are you saying? Cry baby, cry baby, what? <laughs> so she had to say it four times, and then I died. I mean, it was one of those moments where I had to turn around and go. I was laughing so hard, and I said, I told him, don't ever say that, or you could get in big trouble. But I couldn't even really punish him because, I mean, it was just it was so funny. I was thinking, where did he hear that? You know what I mean? <laughs> So anyway, that, that's crazy because, uh, yeah, because she was horrified that that other kid had said that in the first place and went to tell on him. And then you then Mr. Toby forced her to say it four more times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get to the truth, but I didn't realize I was making her say something just awful. I thought it was going to be something really as a first grader. All right. All right. So, checklist. Here we go. All right. Checklist, check, checklist. Matt, I want you to try to imagine sitting across from Toby and giving him a formal evaluation with how he's doing with Emory. That would be really kind of weird if you're doing that from an authoritative posture, right? Um, I I want to support your point here, but I feel like I'm always getting on to Toby about his jobs and roles in Emory, so it's not that far into me actually. Okay, well, <laughs> I, Toby, it, there's you know there's only one person that uh, you know uh, Priscilla and I. I mean, we we talk the most, we spend the most time together. And then after that, I mean, it's Toby. We're around each other all the time. We're super tight and all. So it is really weird. I have to do a performance evaluation with him for work. Me basically saying, Hey, here's what you're doing. Well, here's what you're not doing well. And what I find difficult is like throwing the, a hint of professionalism in it because yep. You can't just be jokey the whole time and make a mockery out of the form and everything. So it's just, I, I told Toby, I was like, I used to have to do this with my wife, which was an absolute nightmare. I want to Performance be, evaluations? Oh, yeah. I want to be married to my wife. I don't want to give her a work performance evaluation. That's not what I signed up for, but that's just the nature of both of when us she working at for the you. same church. Exactly. But I would say doing Toby's performance evaluation is just a step down from that. It's just kind of weird. Well, I'll and, tell you one thing. I have two reactions to that. But number one, there is not a more, as far as I know, as the boss and employee relationship goes, superior relationship, there can't be anybody who's more argumentative and disrespectful of his boss than Toby. I mean, and no. you, in this case. Like, well, think I, about all the times <laughs> all Toby ever does. Toby's, Toby's, in fact, famous for being mean to, <laughs> rejecting, and arguing with his boss. Think of it like this. If anybody listened to this podcast and didn't know what we do for a living, would anybody ever say, you know what? I think Joey must be Toby's boss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd ever get that. All right. All right. Well, Can you I mean, imagine a, any other boss employee having a podcast where the, the employee me, beats up on it, the boss it, it, the whole it's, time? It's not that weird. I, it, to me, I'm totally able. Like, I just feel like that's just a thing. Of, maybe it's just me, but... I feel like you guys would be the same way. Like, I came into this, and you're the pastor, lead pastor of our campus, our church, and so you're the boss. I don't mind submitting to that. Now, also, I think you give me enough length to be myself, and I'm able to talk things out and say things to you. And, and sometimes we disagree, maybe even vehemently or not, but I think a lot of times Joey says stuff right, and it changes my mind. 
And then sometimes maybe I say stuff to him and it changes his mind. But I think I don't have a problem with submitting to your authority in our job, just like I wouldn't if you ran any I business. know you don't. I know you don't. No, what he's I'm giving you props. Is, I think that's it's what I'm cool. saying. So why is it, that's why I don't understand why it'd be weird because, I mean, there's obviously things that I need to improve about my job. So I don't, I don't go into a, an evaluation going, it, like I said, and, and I mean, I know you hate hearing this, but I said, Matt, I think evaluations are hilarious and a joke and don't matter. That was my second thing. I said I had two points. That was going to be my second I knew you would. I knew you would because, I I mean, I was like, it doesn't – I mean, I thoroughly believe, besides Joey, probably most people – like it's a one out of five or whatever. I bet most people – I bet – a lot of money that most people get fours, and then you know yeah, strongly agree, fives. agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I mean, and they might tell but you I a don't couple do things. That. I know, and I'm saying you do. So it, it is helpful at no, our. No, 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 no. What Toby's saying, and let me jump in here, is, and I like to think future. I like it to be a futurist, so to speak. But this stuff's all going to go away. This is not. You won't be in a certain amount of years from now filling out agree, strongly agree, disagree, disagree, strongly well, then you fire neutral. Somebody. No, no, no. These evaluations are crazy outdated so it's the best we have it functions to some degree but where we're headed with technology information reporting culture th- this stuff's all going to go i mean it's 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 like doing something from the mid 1800s i mean seriously it's like you don't do it in any other thing the future of organizations and stuff is going to be a thousand times more organic than that it's like but matt i see it as joke. an oppor- i see it as an opportunity to, to tell someone because you love what the they system. need to no, what are you talking about it's i want to see people do outdated. the best I want to see people do their job the most effectively. But, so this is the and that's time not to talk about it. That evaluation, I just don't think. Does, no, we talk about our jobs all the time. Yeah, that's, every it, that's week, why it's funny day. to Toby. That's what's going to make. That's more, right. It, it, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's kind of like the idea of of a sermon being the end all be all. Like the on a Sunday you hear this awesome sermon and that changes your life. No, hanging out with your friends, being challenged, changing you. Like me working for Joey alone has way huger benefits and life changing. Uh, applications as opposed to an evaluation. Right, but you and I, I, if I checked off this, this, and this, and oh yeah, you did this, okay. Yeah, but I'll tell you just over the course of a of of a regular week, hey, you're not doing this well because that's more that's more real and organic anyway. And so, right, what you can't do that across a large organization with no information. For example, think about systems. But I think I take advantage of these performance. We're not criticizing you. We're saying that system meeting to really talk things through. What what my point would be, I think you were trying to take full advantage of the system we have. I just just, I, I totally agree with Matt. I think it's outdated. I don't Let's think look it really ahead. matters. And, I, I, Matt, I even went another step. I really don't believe. I told Joey, I asked him, please give me all zeros and see if I get fired. Yeah, exactly. Like, just to test it, like just to see if anybody really read it or not. And, I mean. Yeah, but I, 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 actually, you, I actually met with the oversight of all operations, so he would have seen that. He would have been like, why did you give him all zeros? What's the problem? If you said Toby got all zeros, he would have started laughing and go, no way he got all zeros. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. This is in line with you liking checklists and all that stuff like that. There's a system, and systems function to some degree. But I'm telling you, let's look forward. Let's look to the future. Let's figure out how to have everything be more organic. Like I said, I'm always... Right, and that's fine, but Matt, what do you do with someone who's not doing their job well? So you're just saying but bypass. You tell, you if you're a good leader and boss, they'll know that way before their evaluation. You've got to be kidding you me. Right. Right. So, uh, again, evaluation obsolete. I see what you're saying. That makes a lot more sense than I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm working within the system. But right, to- that's what to- I was trying to tell you. That's, that's what we're doing. I mean, that's what I'm uh, all about is like, I mean, I know I don't have solutions for everything and half of my ideas are cockeyed, but I'm telling you people, with where we're at in the world, we can do, we're, I mean, we're going to come up with tons of new stuff. It's going to be new ways to do everything. Toby was 
making us die laugh, die laughing in our staff meeting because I told our staff, I new, said, Listen, is this a new checklist item? Nope. Um, I said, look, if you get a three, I'm basically saying you're doing a great job. You're meeting all of the requirements. I can't ask for much more. And that's on a one to five. And I said, four, I'm basically telling you that there's not too many things that you can improve in. I said, five, you're basic. I'm basically telling you you're the best in your field. I said, so you're not going to get a five. And Toby was just like, I guarantee you everyone else at this church are probably getting fours and fives. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And I was just of like, well, I guess I'm the asshole. I would I love mean. to see just the evaluation numbers. No names, anything. Just say worker A, worker B. Yeah, I, 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 if you averaged it out, I guarantee you, I believe thoroughly, our campus is the only one with more than one three. <laughs> so t- Toby's, I, I, Toby I, said I, if somebody just looked at the numbers, he would have been like, they would say, "Holy and shit!" I thought Joey and his employees liked each other. I know it's terrible. <laughs> and, and let me let me tell you this too. I to prove my point again, though, I thoroughly believe Joey gave everybody threes. I don't know the answer to that, and I'm not. I'm just speculating here. Alleged? No, That's, I don't even. I'll, know I'll, I'll just tell you, it's not true. Okay. Well, what'd you give them? I, I, there were there were fours and threes, and that's it. Okay. What's the next item on the checklist? Um, so we have a Christmas party and this was so funny. This lady comes up to me and this is just kind of the flow of the whole night as people are leaving. They kind of approach me. Hey, it was a great party kind of thing. And I give them a little hug. And this one lady definitely made like a tiny little motion towards Toby. <laughs> and then no hug happened. There's like a, okay, bye. And then she <laughs> left and Toby pretty much, he was just like, I didn't yeah, want to hug that lady. That just, hug, that just happens all the time. Somebody <laughs> will make a motion to hug. He's like, I'm not going to do it. He said, I just looked down. And so we had yep. this huge conversation of, of well, hugging. Well, I think Joey's trying to change it, but Joey gives hugs to everybody. But yep. for a, the longest time, he gave the unbelievable, scary, super far hand, arm, making a giant circle just to touch the opposite shoulder. I'm not, side hug. I'm not That's going to approach completely fem- uncomfortable. I'm not going to approach females with two arms around Okay, her. but I'm just so, not going so to do it. So instead of not giving a hug, it's way better to make a giant circle and put your. I don't do that touching. anymore. I know you're right. You did. No, What's I'm your t- new technique, Joey? My, I, I really give them a side bear hug. Like it is a big squeeze. I snuggle them up with one with arm. One arm. Yep. I'm that not going to go. That makes me sick. I'm not going to go. To, <laughs> hey, we go to nursing homes together, and I'll, like, put my hand on their shoulder, put my hand on their hand, and to, he's, Toby's just not going to touch them. Toby, Toby is notorious for shutting down hugs with his body language. It happens all the time. People will be on our bus about to leave, and they'll be like, all right, see you later, man. And, of course, Josh jumps up there and gives him a big s- squeeze, and then Dave and I usually will. But by the time to Toby, it's just kind of like, all right. All right. Kind of throw your hair, <laughs> throws his hand up in there, like, all right, okay, yeah, all right, and it's a little awkward, and then they're gone. What's really funny, Matt, that you that you say that about being on tour when uh, that when the classic crime showed up on our bus, I totally forgot that their uh, original guitar player was no longer in the band, so they had a friend come with them named Isaac, who is a really cool dude. But I thought I just didn't really rate. I was like, oh, hey, man, I gave him a big old hug, and he, <laughs> he, he leaned back and went, okay, <laughs> like good to see you again, man. But yeah, it's somebody like, you've oh, never man, met. Good to see you, dude. But you're you're not that way with dudes, though. You're fine with giving me a hug as long as long as I don't hold dude, on too dudes much. Dudes, I know, yeah. But he I mean, just I, thought that he knew this guy and had totally forgotten him, so he's just pretending to remember him when in actuality yeah. is someone he had never met. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Li- I'm not like you. I'm not like Josh. Josh Head does double wide open it, arms spread like Jesus to give you a hug. Yeah, even to girls. I'm assuming. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does a slow big one. I think that's why 
I do side hugs because I I don't want to find myself in a hugging position with a female to where I'm like, oh wow, that was kind of enjoyable. You mean you get a uh, boner? <laughs> no, I didn't say that at all. And then I think uh, <laughs> I think evaluate that, big boy. <laughs> I also I also think it's protecting myself and other females because I've definitely had females come up to me and give me hugs that were very inappropriate, almost to where I think their motives were not good. So there's been times where I've approached a girl with a half hug and she's like overcome me with a, a forward hug. There's a female so. listener going, oh, crap. <laughs> that one time I hugged Joey, it was not good. I don't think they're thinking that. I guess I think differently on the hug matter. And I think if you if you if if I am in charge of the hug and I say I'm gonna hug this girl because I think it's appropriate or it will mean something to her, then I think you, you just do it with authority, like fatherly. I think that's I think it's bad to shy away from that. So I make it a point to hug straight on like I would a family member or sister and be like really own it. That's the way I approach right. it. So Joey, what's the next thing on your checklist? And now it's time for you know what? Yeah, I wanna let everybody know about X three watch. You guys hear hey, this per- Hey guys. Hey guys. Uh Matthew McConaughey here. Whoa, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Matthew McConaughey's in studio? Hey, oh. you wanna help us out and do our X three watch spot? I'd love to. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I used X3 Watch long before we got paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were using X3 Watch just before you were even they even sponsored you? I did it because I liked it. <laughs> this is Matthew McConaughey here on the Bad Christian Podcast. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. So, yeah, Matthew McConaughey also uses X3 Watch. X3 Watch is software that Toby and Joey and I use to monitor and filter and block pornographic content on our computers and mobile devices, tablets, everything. So if you want to check that out, you go to x3watch.com forward slash badchristian, and you can get it for half off. And uh, there's also a free version over there that's really good too, but the paid version is where it's at. You get it half off. It costs not much more than a cup of coffee a month, and you'll be protected there. And uh, you'll be sharing your browsing habits with other people as opposed to spending all that time totally alone on your computer. Right, so uh, two things for you, Matthew. First of all, Ed TV is a bullshit movie. Not not a good one to participate in. Second of all, what shit. Uh, what 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 should happen to people that w- look at porn? Let me ask my friend Samuel. Yeah, they should die and they should burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really bad Sam Jackson. Samuel Jackson. All right, so x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. Check it out, folks. All right, Joey, back to the checklist, or can somebody else talk? Nope, the checklist is done. I reached, I did my three. All right. Great. Great well, job, I want to, I am, uh, uh, I just wanted to review with you guys how awesome it's been doing the Emory record. I'm giving people a little update here. We've had a great time doing it, but guess what? The sucker's done. Oh, heck yeah. I don't know if you knew that, Joey, but we're getting the mixes done right now. Uh, Bo Birchall from Sayosin is doing the mixes, and we'll, we're in the middle of getting the mixes back now, and it's pretty cool. I think everything turned out good, but mixing's my least favorite part of recording because it's like, I don't know. It's just once you get into mixing, you try to squeeze all those tracks and all those notes and all that stuff down into a stereo audio file, and there's just not enough room to hear all the cool stuff that's there. So it's always a little bit of a depressing uh, part because it means the recording phase is over, and it just is reduced down to, you know, a song for everybody. How about you, Toby? Yeah, mixing is the worst part for sure. I just We've sat with the songs from creation to now here, and now we got to sit through somebody else 
messing with it and fixing it. Now, from what I've heard of the mix, it's actually awesome. So Bo is going to do a really cool job. So I'm kind of more excited than I normally am. But it's a tough, it's tough to sit through mixes and like, golly, because you hear all these different versions of what you're doing and you finally get something good and you've been listening to that and then it goes to mix and it sounds different. So you have to sit with that for a little while and not make a quick judgment uh-huh. or uh, anything like that. But uh, the record's cool, man. It, it's it's really cool. I showed a few people a couple songs and I'm, uh, I'm kind of really excited about this. Yeah, we're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to air some songs on the podcast in the future and do exclusive stuff here and stuff like that. But the uh, the funny thing about it to me is a lot of the vocals is stuff I'm hearing for the first time because it's stuff that Devin did. So Devin went down two weeks ago to Nashville and recorded his vocals on our completed sessions, and Aaron Sprinkle recorded them. And so now when I hear these mixes and roughs, they're like, you know, first time I've gotten to hear Devin sing on these new songs. So it's been that's been really fun, but... A couple of funny things happened. I was t- we were talking to giving Sprinkle the notes on what to include and what not to include. And uh, Toby, I didn't tell you this, but Sprinkle said hey, we were reading through your notes on it, and you were like, "Hey, is there on this song at this time? Is there a more aggressive take of Devin's vocal?" And uh, because Devin's vocals are just silky, smooth, super clean kind of thing, and Sprinkle says, uh, "I can tell you." without looking through it, that there is not any takes of Devin singing any harder. <laughs> and I said, he said, second of all, there's no difference in any of Devin's takes. He says he sings it perfectly, exactly the same every time. So they'll do like five or six takes, and <laughs> every one of them is identical. I bet so. But that's not a knock on Devin. That's actually a really good compliment because he, he just sings. Every time anybody's ever tracked Devin's vocals, they're like, dang. Like, everything's perfect. Everything's just the same. Every time when he sings it, he just decides what he's going to do and sings it. And then I think the really interesting thing is how Devin and Toby's voices have changed or not changed in the last 10 years. Like, when I hear it now, it's more exaggerated than ever that Devin has a clean voice, and Toby's voice has actually gotten rougher over 10 years. Huh. And Devin has been it's not singing in the band, and he's not been uh, doing the screamy, singy stuff. So his voice is like, it may have even, I mean, it still sounds like it did when he was 19, you know, clean and pure and perfect, and people like that about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Toby's, Toby's has gotten even more rough, which I like a lot too, but it's interesting because I think they sound more different than they ever have. Well, that's what, going back to what you were saying about asking for a more aggressive take. That's that's the reason why, because my voice would be sounding like a <laughs> bottom of a garbage pan, <laughs> and Devin sounded like an angel at the top of a tree. So uh, that's what I was saying. I was wanting Devin to get a little bit more dirty like me, because I felt a little insecure. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what it was. I said. Well, did you? I said Sprinkle. Did you ask Devin to sing like any harder or try to get him to do it? He said he wasn't having any of that. <laughs> speaking I, of devin he's probably gonna be a guest coming up in the future so uh yeah that'll yeah, be fun it'll be fun to yeah see devin texted us and asked if there any way he could ever be on the show which i thought was funny because it, you know we've never discussed it before i guess i don't know how what the idea is of like uh, obviously of course he'd be a good guest we always figured we'd have him but fine i guess he was probably thinking this whole time yeah they'll ask me any day now and finally he's like hey can i be on the podcast I took it a little differently. I thought he just waited till he thought it was big enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, well, I guess his bad Christian thing is kind of, kind of good. I guess I'll go on there. All right, I guess I'll go. Yeah, no, I was just thinking he's been waiting for the invitation since like episode three, and then finally said, "Okay, I guess I got to ask to get on this thing." <laughs> <laughs> Devin, I, I'm laughing with you. These guys are laughing. Yeah, you're at such a good you. guy. You're a good. You know what? Joey was talking with some of our coworkers about how good he is. And how mean and hateful we are. 
And like they said, oh, I'll it, stand by that. They said if it was just you and me, Matt, that the podcast would be terrible. And, I did and, not and, say that. Ter- it said it would be terrible, mean, vulgar, mean, mean just awful, and wouldn't. And it, I said if, dark. if if you guys were all like me, it'd be a boring podcast because there wouldn't be as uh, as much. I didn't hear that part. I did. I totally said that. That was my big. <laughs> you might point. have. You might have. I just didn't hear it. Don't I, be so mean. Yeah, I maybe you're the jerk. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear you say something. Now, let me listen to every word. Can I dictate it? So hey, I'm gonna give a shameless plug for Devin if you go on iTunes uh, he's got an album called Life and Death came out a couple years ago it's a a uh, what do you call him a concept album like where I think it's about his wife dying the whole album is about well, it so I'm, I'm really into music but I have three kids so I don't really know about I can't concept yeah so I have one kid so I had to stop <laughs> listening to music yeah I, I'm a huge music <laughs> fan but I have three kids so <laughs> yeah. you, ha- you have to listen to uh, last week's podcast to get that all right can I get in one more story before we go to Jen Smith yes it just made me think of it when we were talking about podcast guests. Uh, when it's what's the deal with parents being so negative? When the podcast came out and we had the second episode, when Joel was on episode three, uh, when I was talking to my dad, he goes, "Son, you're gonna you're gonna run out of people to have on that show. How are you gonna keep it going?" <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, so he also said when we moved to Seattle, um, I told him, "Hey, Daddy, we're moving to Seattle. Me and Joey and Toby and." Uh, and Seth and Devin, we're going to move to Seattle and start a band, all this stuff. He goes, no, you won't. He said, one of y'all will back out, and then you'll all fall apart. <laughs> he was right about the first part. <laughs> he was right about half of it. <laughs> and, then, and, then, but, and I know Toby's that way, too, but here, I got a new story that I hadn't told you before, Joey, um, and that is uh, on the last tour, we had a, a show got canceled, and it was the coolest thing ever because we got to go to a Clemson game instead. So we had the yeah. day off. And there was a Clemson game, and I grew up going to Clemson games, and my dad went there, and I went there. And it's like the most, the most possible thing that me and my dad bond over and have in common. It's all we ever talk about. I've been, you know, a fan of the Tigers and Orange and White since the, my earliest memories are of that with my dad. So that's like our, our biggest thing. And I hadn't been to a Clemson game in almost 10 years. And uh, we, we were out on tour, and we were in North Carolina, had a show got canceled, and looked, and Clemson was having a home game, and our next show was Atlanta, so I was like, this is the most amazing thing in the world, we're going to get to go to a Clemson game, I'm in South Carolina, this is awesome. And so, we're like, let's look up tickets, we bought tickets, we started heading that way in the bus, and I was like, this is, this is crazy. This is going to be awesome. I, get to, I can call my dad, and he can come down, and we can go to the game together, and I'll buy his ticket, and it'll be this big emotional thing. And so I was, like, almost crying when I thought about it. Like, <laughs> I, I know that sounds silly, but it, to me, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I'm going to turn the tables. I'm going to call my dad, tell him I got him a ticket to the Clemson game, and I'm in town. He hadn't seen me in months anyway. I said, I'm, I'm coming through town, and guess what? We're going to get to go to a Clemson game together. So I called him and said, Daddy, uh, our show got canceled tomorrow. We're in North Carolina. I don't even know if you knew we were in town. And we're going to the Clemson game, and we're, we're getting tickets and stuff for it. So um, you want to come down and meet us at the game tomorrow? We can sit there and watch the Clemson game together. And he says, ah, I don't want to get in all that traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man. I know. Pretty cold, huh? <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, guys. We're going to uh, – here from Jen Smith. She has a huge blog uh, that basically is is for wives and just encouraging them to be an encouragement to their husbands, just kind of like a, a marriage uh, enhancer sort of thing. I think her husband does the same thing on his for men, but uh, there's definitely a huge contrast in uh, what we're setting out to do with this podcast. And I, I just felt like there was kind of a 
kindred spirit there as far as uh, her respecting what we're doing and us having mutual respect. So we enjoyed our time with her. I'm sure you will too. Jen Smith, folks. Just a quick reminder, the newest band on the BC Music roster is Abandoned Kansas. Abandoned Kansas. I'll say it again. Abandoned Kansas. It's our new band. They're awesome. Jeremy Spring played bass for us and sang on our last tour. If you saw him, he had glasses on. Cool, friendly fella if you met him. So this is his band that uh, is playing underneath me right now. This is a demo or some session he's been working on. He's in the studio right now. They're working on their new album. So this is your chance to get in at the support level, the encourager level, the keep music awesome and indie and free level. So go over there, listen to some of their music, see what they're up to, see if you like it. Now, one thing they do that's very cool that we love is living room shows. So they're booking a whole living room tour. So go see what cities they're coming to. And if you're one of the people that helps them fund their record, you can show up at one of these living room shows and get the record a month before it comes out in person. I think that's a really cool idea. You show up, you meet Jeremy and the guys, they're going to hand you the record a month before it comes out. So check it out. Indiegogo, Abandoned Kansas. All right, now I hope everybody's doing good with their Christmas shopping. And I, I think I shouldn't say good, but well. I hope everybody's doing well with their Christmas shopping. But if you're not, or if you have a few last presents to buy, or if you want to buy yourself something, let me remind you, let me point out to you, that all of the Bad Christian Stuff bands, everything is on sale for 20% off if you go to the Bad Christian Store. You could get our BC podcast mug. You could get Bad Christian shirt. How about this? Get a King's Kaleidoscope vinyl. Those things are going like hotcakes, and if you haven't got it yet, they are going to sell out. There won't be any more King's Kaleidoscope vinyl soon. So go get those. The Classic Crimes record just came out. It's on sale. 20% off classic crime shirt. And guess what? For the first time, Emory t-shirts are on badchristian.com. You can go get Emory t-shirts, buy them as gifts. They'll uh, make great. Uh, i tell you what, put everything in a stocking. They're stocking stuffers. Everything but the vinyl, stuff it in a stocking, give it to somebody. Bad Christian store. Uh, use the promo code BCXmas, and you can get 20% off everything. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and Festivus. That's BCXmas promo code. And now we'll move right along to the interview with Jen Smith. So, yeah, we've been checking out your your blog. How long have you been doing it? And I know it's way more than a blog. There's, like, <laughs> all sorts of resources. And I, I what I thought was super compelling uh, was just, like, all the wives that are involved. I mean, like, 450,000. I know. It's crazy. Gosh. It's so crazy. Um. I started in 2011 and never would have fathomed it would look this way or be this way. I thought it was going to be like an open journal style where I just kind of put my thoughts out there, but the women have received it and in a great way. So Jen, do you receive any uh, pushback or people disparage you for um, your views and encouragement to women to like as if it's as if you contribute to chauvinism or male headship and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I've definitely received some negative responses along my journey doing this. Um, a lot more so in the beginning. I feel like there was a lot of women coming against um, me being open to talking about things like sex. Um, that was really hard for some women uh, to receive, and so I got a lot of backlash for that. 
I do get negative comments um, just about, yeah, women's opinions about the way that I write or things that I'm suggesting. And I by no means claim to be an expert at anything that I share. It's just my opinions and my, you know, my way of trying to encourage these women. And I don't always say the right things and I'm willing to admit that. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely get some, some negative comments. But it's, about it's gotten better over time. You think what's gotten better is the, the other women and the other wives in my community will defend what I'm trying to reach out and do, which is really awesome because then I don't have to jump in there and explain everything away. I have other women who are there for me. And at the same time, they encourage me, they tell me not to stop. They tell me, you know, what I'm doing is a gift. And so that's really encouraging to me. One thing I would like, I'd like to, uh, to get to a lot of the, the posts on your blog are just about your marriage and, and saving your marriage and intimacy and sex in your marriage and stuff like that. But why do you think that there are women or men that would take the time to write you to be so negative? Do you, do you think that they're scared? <laughs> like, like if you say something so open and freely, that is it, do you think that they're in bondage or that, that if you say that, I then they're going to so. have to? Um, yes, absolutely. And also, I think a lot of their negativity comes from a place of hurt. So if they're not agreeing with something I'm saying, it's because they've been wounded in some way and their yeah. perspective is just um, challenged by that hurt. And I think that um, I think that because I, I come from a place of um, this is, you know, where I'm at. You know, if I write a blog post, it's because that this is what I'm struggling with this week or this is a heart issue that I'm facing. A lot of people challenge and say, well, what about the husband? You know, what about him? Why is all of this just for wives to change? And so a lot of it is fear because people mm -hmm. don't want to look at their own hearts. They don't want to look at what they're struggling with. They always want to point the finger, you know, so um, I think that's really hard for them. Well, I think that's neat that that over time your community has understood what you're doing more and even mm -hmm. defended you and maybe even you have less uh, people like that. I think that's something that ha that happens anytime you create a new thing in a community, and we experience this a little bit as well. That when we mm -hmm. first start saying stuff that you know you're not necessarily established or you don't have a very clear thing out there, and people and you just want anybody possible to listen to you and agree with you and stuff like that. And then as you go, instead of trying to make everybody happy, you just realize who it is that you're talking to. And then once that niche, once that community kind of takes hold, it can grow, and then over time you'll have even more and more like-minded people that are receptive to the real gen talking who can talk freely yeah. and the people that didn't like it they didn't stick around and you didn't want them to anyway mm -hmm. so that's a good thing now you have hundreds of thousands yes or they do stick around and they end up changing so mm -hmm. it's really cool to see the transformation as i'm growing and point. i'm you know maturing so is my community and i think that that's such a beautiful thing to to witness and to see happen well so let's be a little more specific what kind of stuff do you talk about that really like what do you do uh as far as talking about sex or stuff that that is different than than other people or is it more graphic do you say nastier stuff or what what is no it? no i i think i'm pretty conservative <laughs> um i'm pretty conservative in my language i try and be really careful about what i actually say um so i just um you know i try and get to the root of you know, why, why are my husband and I fighting this week? Oh, well, it's because I struggle with pride. So let me talk about this issue of pride and um, just different issues like that. And I, like I said before, like, I think that people just have a really hard time focusing in on their bad habits or their sin issues, you know, um, and I struggle with that as a wife, you know, I'm coming out with this book in in March and I, I'm so transparent in it because I get to the heart issue of different things that I struggled with. And it was hard for me to admit those things and to face them 
as a wife, because in the beginning of our marriage, I just wanted to point the finger and constantly blame my husband for everything that was going wrong. Um, but once I, once I, you know, faced my own self, then I realized that I was a contributing factor. Well, what were some of the things that you discovered in there? Let's be a little more specific for people that maybe aren't as familiar with your blog. What happened with you and your husband early on that you found out was uh, your fault or, or had to do with you? Well, just different issues. Like I said, pride was a huge one. Um, I constantly blame my husband for uh, the circumstances that we were living in the first few years of our marriage. Uh, but we had also made that commitment together. We, we committed to be missionaries, and so we were traveling the world on very low income. And so anytime that I felt like I struggled with um, being discontent, I blamed it on my husband not having a secure job. So different things like that. Um, I struggled with jealousy. Jealousy was a huge issue that I never realized I had. Um, and it made me so insecure in our relationship. So in those early months of marriage, you know, the first two years, really, um, I was jealous of my husband. I was jealous of the opportunities he had, um, the people that he hung out with, um, even more recently, his role as a father, because I felt like I was doing more work than him. <laughs> and so just facing some of these, it, you know, these heart issues and um, trying to get to the bottom of them and, and repent from them and say, God, change me. Yeah, well, I'm, let me ask you. Go ahead. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. I do a lot of premarital uh, counseling, and when we talk about sex, um, one thing that we always hit because I just think it is is super important is how, you know, if a husband starts to withhold emotional bond uh, bonding to his wife. You know, she's not going to want to have sex if she starts to withhold sex. And this is, you know, this is some stereotyping. If she doesn't want to have a lot of sex, the dude's going to have a harder time emotionally bonding and just that cycle and that, all that sort of thing. But one thing that I just feel convicted about, like, I, I don't think that there's ever necessarily a time where someone is justified in saying, you know what, I'm not going to have sex with you, you know, if that's your spouse. But how do you encourage or, or how do you tippy-toe around encouraging wives to have sex with their husbands when their husbands are emotionally, like, completely in another planet consistently, not engaging with their wives, not socially involved, not caring mm -hmm. about how their day is going and that sort of thing? Because that's torturous yeah. to a female, you know? So how, how do you handle that issue? Well, or what's your opinion of it? In, in different ways. I have an article on my blog called The Intimacy Crisis, and it c explains exactly what you're talking about, this awful cycle of nobody initiating because both parts are hurt and yeah. or, or in some way, you know, are just refusing to, to initiate intimacy. And I think the biggest thing is just opening up that conversation because otherwise we're silently suffering, going about our day in misery because we feel justified in withholding or waiting out to say, no, it's his turn. You know, and, and so on my blog, I try and open up those conversations and say, this is a real problem. Husbands and wives are sitting on either side of their bed, you know, serious at each other and not willing to talk about it. And so I'm just trying to bring up the question, what's happening and how can we fix it? And I don't have all the answers, but I do try and, you know, open up and engage those conversations. Um, another way is um, through uh, creative articles. Like um, I had a friend of mine do an article about... Um, she, well, she, it was her article, but she shared it on my site. Um, it was an interview she had with her husband about sex. And so she asked him a bunch of questions around the, the topic. And it was such a candid interview. And I read it to my husband and he said, I would agree 100% with every single answer he shared. 
And he was, my husband wasn't the only one that said that. There was other husbands commenting on that blog because having these conversations are so important so that we can understand each other's perspectives and where we're coming from, you know, and I think that's really important. It sounds like a lot of the stuff that you talk about and the approach that you're taking, I, I appreciate because it sounds like, and I'm, I'm curious, are, are there people outside of the church, outside of people that believe in Jesus as their savior that get into some of the stuff you're talking about? Cause it, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you talk about, how you articulate, it's, it's very practical, sometimes almost non-spiritual sort of help. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, uh, Jesus Christ is my foundation for why I'm doing all of this, but I don't go through each article and, and, you know, talk directly about him, but he's definitely weaved throughout my messages. And so I believe that there are a lot of, um, a lot of wives and even husbands that do read these articles. I had a friend that um, messaged me on Facebook and said, I have a friend who's an atheist that just shared one of your articles. And I was blown away by that because to me, that says that my community is made up of more than just Christians. And yeah, we are trying to hit more than just Christians because everyone's suffering in marriage. Marriage is under attack right now. And so one of our motivating um, you know, factors in all of this is just to reach people for God's kingdom, whether they're Christian or not, because we're all, we're all in the same boat. So. Yeah, I think, uh, especially for Christians, I think that we're told our whole life, just wait, just wait. And then when you get married, it'll be all worth it. And then you get married and you're like, oh, damn, this sucks. This isn't that good. I can't hardly... <laughs> I can't mention anything. I, you know, and honestly, most people, I would say majority, maybe even 90, 95% of people have sex before marriage anyway. Mm-hmm. And that is un, just as unhealthy mm-hmm. in a sense of you're, you're not planning for sex with your spouse. You're just having sex. So it's not teaching you how to uh, get into an argument or pay the bills or take care of the kids and, all stuff and still maintain a healthy sex life or something like that. So I think mm-hmm. that we've just done a really poor job of christian marriage sex and even marriage in general sex because Mm -hmm. nobody talks about it and and all uh, honestly tons of people learn about sex through pornography or Mm -hmm. magazines uh, you know in the grocery aisle that says oh top 10 ways to make your man happy or you Mm -hmm. make your woman happy and it's just and it's all just this fantasy thing of when actually you worked all day and you had to put the kids down and a bunch of stuff's going on and you're stressed how do you still keep up that romance and pursue each other and I, i really do think that pursuit is what really hurts men that uh, men go, well, I have the wife, I've captured her, made her my own, and now I don't even care about pursuing her as much, and the drive is less, and the mm-hmm. and, and that, and so, and I think men still have that, but it's just, it's a tough situation, because we haven't really been taught that, like, my parents, honestly, for me, didn't really teach me anything about how to love my wife in a healthy way, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, anything like that, and, and we were a Christian family, but it's just, it's tough because those issues, like you said, I think people are so scared to talk about them because nobody ever did. So don't do it now yeah. or you're a terrible person. I would agree with you 100% because when I was growing up, same thing, Christian family. But the greatest message I received on sex or marriage was no, 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 no. It wasn't even as much of a weight as it was a fear tactic of you're, you'll get pregnant or you'll get an STD or you know, you'll end up with some horrible, horrible disease. And there was more fear in it than embracing you need to protect your husband someday. And this is how you would provide and, and um, have intimacy with him. And I think that message has not been happening either in families or in churches. How do you, I like that a lot. How do you um, respond to the Christian women 
lib movement. Like we um, have actually been, we've actually been told uh, at least once, maybe twice, that we have a responsibility as bad Christian. Like we're Christian dudes, we have a responsibility to talk about uh, Christian women lib and Christian women rights and that sort of thing. Like, how does that coincide? Work against, complement what mm-hmm. you're trying to do. This, this is a hard question for me because I spend so much time with my family and trying to um, just surrender to God on a daily basis that I don't have time for as much as understanding as what's happening in this movement. Um, But I guess my greatest message would just be that no matter what, we as women are called to submit and to surrender to God and to our husbands. And I think there's a beautiful, beautiful picture of what God illustrates in his word for us to do that with still, you know, not being a doormat, not not um, giving up our rights. But there's there's a I don't even know how to explain it, but there is a way for a husband and wife to be in sync and equal with each other, but still submissive to one another. And I'm sure you get this question. Yeah. And I'm sure you get this question all the time. But what would be a snapshot of what it means when you say the word submiss uh, submission (laughs) to your husband? Yeah. What does that mean? (laughs) I would say it's just a um, surrender, like a humility. Um, but in strength of supporting him, listening to him, allowing him to make decisions, but still being able to give your opinions and um, share with one another equally. So does you, your and would your husband also submit to you in certain things too? As yes, well? absolutely. In fact, in Ephesians, I think it's five twenty one. It says that we submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. So it's not necessarily my husband is absolutely the leader of our home but we still submit to each other. So he has a right to listen to me just as much as I have a right to listen to him. And we should, we should do it out of love for each other and out of reverence for Christ. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people get really hung up on that idea of submission and it has a really terrible name because it it almost sounds like servitude. Uh, You know what I mean? Like you're you're a servant to your, to your spouse or whatever. And and that is not what it means. Uh, I know in my own marriage, like there are tons of times where uh, I need to submit to my wife and, her leadership in certain things in, in a sense of she knows she has a right answer or a quicker answer or a smarter answer, a more intelligent answer than me. in a lot of things, maybe even most things, but I would think she would say we're the lead. She, she, I think she would say I'm the leader of our house because there has to be a leader. You know, it, there, there mm-hmm. just kind of has to be. And that, that's just the way life works. And I think that's the way God set it up. But I think at that same time, like I would never think of myself as a, as the leader that dominates and what I say goes because anytime I've ever seen any leadership like that, it fails. That doesn't work in mm-hmm, any absolutely. form of leadership, even outside of marriage where one guy says, or one girl says, Oh, this is how it is. And this is the only way it is that that leadership always fails and usually just leads to solitude and, and loneliness. And I think it's always a coupling. We're supposed to, I mean, the first bad thing that God says in, uh, in the Bible is that uh, he, he, he saw that Adam was alone and mm-hmm. that was not good. And so, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that means that being alone without, without a spouse, without uh, a love in your life, uh, it, it is not good being, being alone. And so, uh, I think that people do get that wrong a lot. Um, yeah. one thing I was going to ask you though. So with, with that being said, I know in some, in, in your blog, you talked about, you know, early on there was some, you know, intimacy issues and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people resonate that. What would you say like real quickly, if you're in a marriage that's tough right now, uh, 
you know, whether it be uh, sexual issues, in- intimacy issues, just whatever it might be, what are two quick things that you've learned that uh, could help start kickstart a better marriage right now? Mm. I think the first one would be that no matter what your circumstances, um, love unconditionally. When me and my husband realized that whether or not our sexual issue will ever get resolved, we were called to love each other and that we were going to make our marriage last regardless. That opened us up to be able to be intimate with one another despite ever, despite ever being healed. So um, I think the biggest thing is don't get hung up on whatever your hardship is or your struggle, um, whatever you're facing. Love unconditionally and, um, and continually submit your, your marriage to God in prayer. I think prayer is one of the greatest things that helped me and my husband pull through some of the hardships in our marriage. And um, we prayed, you know, individually and we prayed together as a couple. And I think that that really strengthened our relationship. That's great. You, you said you uh, you referenced there you and your husband's sexual issue. Do you talk about that? What was it? Um, so I experienced a lot of pain from day one. We were both virgins when we got married. From day one, I experienced a lot of pain every time we tried to initiate sex. And we thought that it would get better, you know, over a couple of days because we were new at this. And it lasted almost four years oh my god and so um yeah with like not one really good encounter and so that was devastating and like you said like intimacy affects other areas you know whether it's finances or um whatever whatever other aspects uh, revolve in marriage it was affecting us it was affecting our attitudes and everything and so our marriage was just crumbling because of it the other advice i was going to give is um make sure that you're aware of how the environment things that you um, eat things that you put on your body. Everything can be affecting you, and it was for me. We God somehow <laughs> helped us discover that there was something in the environment called parabens. It was in my face wash that was affecting my body. And as soon as we took it out of my environment, I was healed. And so um, we praised Him for that. I don't have any scientific study to prove it. I just know that our diets and exercise and things that we put on our body really do affect us. Wow. Well, let's do a couple more things in the advice category over here. I've got two listener uh, questions that people sent us in, and I figured uh, we'll throw them to you, Jen, and then we could could all talk about them if we wanted to. Um, One of them is from Toby Morrell, and it says, should my wife have more sex with me? Come on, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the the first one here is from, and is from, I'm saying I change these names when people write in, so don't worry, these aren't the real people's names, but you get to say uh, last, first and last names, Toby, by the way, if you make them up. Okay, so the first one is So this first one is from, (laughs) no, this first one is from Carla Sanchez. Okay, awesome. So Carla Sanchez uh, wants wants to know she is currently engaged to a guy, and this guy has uh, is attracted to men sexually. What should she do? Wow, that is a difficult question. Um, I would say that if he's attracted to men, then how is that going to affect their marriage later on? And that it's definitely something that she should be. Um, focusing on right at this point um i think being engaged is a solid commitment but being married is even uh, more you know like i mean that is just um that's some i i would advise her not to go into marriage without having settled this issue maybe through counseling or you know meeting with some professionals and and getting it cleared up 
That's right per, that's yeah. That's per, I know that's a, a tough question to spring <laughs> on you. I don't know that you necessarily every you would have the the best right off the cuff. That's a good exam. That's a good <laughs> answer know. because I think what you're saying is it's not something for them to just privately just take a roll the dice on. That's something right. that needs to be worked out with other people and talked about and Absolutely. really explore what does it mean fully, not just right. well. Hopefully, it's, it looks like it's going to get better, or you know, he says he's going to really try or whatever that is. Toby and Joey, what do y'all yeah. think? Well, well, I know, I know. For first, example, for, first of all, for me. Joey, I don't, I don't let me. But I know for I know for Joey that his wife Priscilla was only attracted to larger men, like big guys, and so he gained weight, and now he's very huge. In order to now that you guys are great for each other, go ahead, Joey. What you were going to say? Well, I just want to say, I just want to say to Jessica Morrell, um, <laughs> hang in there. Toby goes through these little stages. It's the cool thing right now. It's it's hip and trendy. And he will start to be attracted to you. <laughs> I would say that I don't. I I think I think you're exactly right. If if somebody's already admitted that and that's in the open, that is something that needs to probably be addressed before you get married. What you do you mean? I mean? Well, how that, do you address that, it? What's what do you mean address it? I think that I'm, if I'm he just, can't resolve that he's attracted to her, they should not get married. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, and and maybe she looks like a guy. Yeah, has anybody even thought of that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm just saying they're engaged. Okay, if, he, if okay, he's attracted okay, okay. to me and, and he engaged, they're engaged. Isn't that a possibility, Jen? I am embarrassed for you because of Toby. Okay, and next next really question. <laughs> this this question is from Randall Pistachio. <laughs> <laughs> and Randall wants to to know. Uh, Randall sent an email in and said that he has been. Sh- uh, he's been married for 30 years and has been struggling with pornography and even more sexual stuff beyond that. And nobody knows. And his wife doesn't know. And he's tried to push through it. and He doesn't know what to do. Should he tell her? Absolutely. I think that, yeah, I think that you can't get through struggles like that on your own. I think it's a lie that we accept so that we can justify, you know, us basically keep doing it. So I think, Randall Pistachio, you should absolutely tell your wife and also get some men in your life that will keep you accountable and overcome this thing, and I and I believe that you can. Jen, you are incredible with keeping uh, <laughs> your composure with saying names like that. Toby and I were talking about what if someone's name was uh, Timothy Tation. <laughs> Temptation. <laughs> so, so if a guy is, is... So how does that work in when... Like when Joey was asking that before, if a guy is using or struggling with or whatever with pornography and those kinds of things in the middle of that how is the wife should the wife continue to be intimate with him and have sex with him or is you know how does that work as after he were to confess let's say it'd be really painful and devastating time for them but even if he's continuing to struggle through it how should his wife respond sexually um, well, my husband um, admitted several times that he was struggling with pornography and it was devastating and it did hurt me and it caused a lot of insecurities in me to approach sex when we were already struggling with it because I thought, well, I can't compare with these other women that you mm-hmm. are looking at and so what good am I? And so the insecurities mounted on top of the fear of having sex because we experienced a lot of pain with it and it was awful. But um, when I forgave my husband and we tried working through it together I, I I handed it over to God I had to and that allowed me to even attempt to go into the bedroom with my husband again because that is a really great burden for couples to bear 
Um, but my greatest message on my site and, you know, through my ministry is transparency. I don't believe that a husband and wife can be truly intimate without knowing each other. And even though it hurt to hear that my husband struggled with pornography, I love that he was transparent with me because, um, and I say that now, but in the moment it was very hurtful, but his transparency allowed me to know him better. And, you know, later on in our marriage, I'm, I'm able to truly uh, be intimate with him despite the sin in his life. So how long from when he told you about it and confessed to you tried to have sex again? Honestly, I do not remember. Um, I, I'm sure that there was a time, at least maybe a couple days, if not a week or more, that um, I would tell him, I, I just can't right now. I can't even think about that with you. And, and as he was transparent with me, I had to be honest with him about my feelings. And I think that's something that a lot of couples lack is that kind of real intimate, raw communication. So yep. me being able to tell him, I cannot be with you right now because of this. But when I'm ready... Yeah, I understand that. The reason I wanted to clarify that, I didn't want anybody to get that impression that what we would, what you'd be saying there is, even no matter if you're hurt, you have to have sex with your husband anyway. Within a, you know, that could be an abusive thing. So it is acceptable yeah. or reasonable for a woman to not be able to uh, engage with her husband intimately for a period of time because of things like that. That is reasonable, right? And it does say that in the Bible that you, you know, you can um, stop for a period of time, but it also says to pray during that time and um, you pray that you know the the couple does not um, go into lust or temptation. So, you know, not letting the enemy lure you away from your marriage. So I would say, yes, it's okay to allow some time in between that for healing, but pray, pray, pray during that time. And also don't withhold because of your husband's past sin. If you've already forgiven him, mm -hmm. you need to let it go and you need to move on and know that you're not perfect either, that you have sin and Maybe you can't compare the two because some pain, some sin really does cause more pain than others. But really, all of us are in are in need of grace often. Excellent, Jen. Does the church talk about sex enough? No, no, and it's really hard for me because I um, I love the church and I think that there, it, it's necessary. Um, but they they need to open up and be transparent. Um, one thing that I do mention at the end of my book is um, for so long I was so scared to talk about my sin and my secrets because I thought that being a Christian meant I was representing God and I could not stain his story. But what I missed out on was his grace. So um, I think the church as a whole is also really fearful of letting secrets be known and, you know, sin confronted and sex talked about and all these things that they've hushed and, um, in it has lacked God's grace, I, I, and that's just how I feel. Well, let me let me just say this: you're like a really nice, eloquent, soft-spoken bad Christian. Like seriously, <laughs> everything you're saying, I think we resonate with big time. I I, awesome. I really just I know we're not closing out this interview right now because Matt wants to ask a. Well, I have a question too. Since Matt interrupted well, me, can earlier. I compliment her? Yeah, you just did. I, I just think she's a, <laughs> a a gift to these women. I think it's great, man. Her openness and Thank just you. her honesty, and I just think it's it's. Now she's gonna struggle with this pride scene. Yeah, so you're thank so you very full much. of pride too, though. <laughs> but I was going to say, after writing this blog and, uh, and and this website and so much success, is it harder for you and your husband to be open and transparent with each other? Like if your husband slips up and looks at pornography today, is it going to be tougher because you're talking to women about their marriages and stuff like that? Do you think that this is, is, is it still easy 
now that you guys have been so open and transparent with each other? I think that um, through our years of struggling in the beginning really helped us um, formulate this open communication that we have. And the blog actually helps. Um, oftentimes I'll write an article about, you know, encouraging wives to do something for their husbands or, or not doing something. And um, my husband will, I'll, I'll mess up in our marriage and my husband will say, didn't you just tell your wives to? And so it's actually accountability because he, he really um, <laughs> helps me uh, be the example that I'm trying to share through my site and vice versa because my husband has a site for husbands. And so we actually, um, we don't struggle with um, hiding anything anymore. We're very transparent with each other. And I think that um, it's just been a byproduct of what we've learned how to do over the last few years. Well, what I wanted to uh, do one more thing on is I have something that's from, it's from Husband Revolution. Is that your husband's site? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I, I don't know if he wrote this or you, but I found this to be relatively harsh words. I wanted to ask you about them and uh, exactly what this means. It says, this is in reference to men looking at porn, and it says, the answer is not complicated. The reason men who call themselves Christian are willing to walk in adultery when they think no one is looking and that's exactly what porn is, adultery, is revealed in the scriptures. Anyone who persists in known sin, who will not repent, is not saved, even someone calling mm. himself a Christian. So mm. I think there's probably a lot of people, guys that I know that are married that I talk to or send me messages or maybe even me myself that read that and say, wait, is that saying if I look at porn again, more time, how many more times before it means I'm not a Christian? Hmm. That's interesting. I don't pay as much attention to my husband's site as I as he does to mine because I don't have the time being a mom. Um, I and I also know that he has contributors, so I don't know if it came from him or from a contributor. Um, but those are very harsh words, and I don't know exactly how I would comment on them. I. I do believe that looking at pornography is adultery, as it's stated. Um, and one of the harshest conversations my husband and I ever had was one time when he did um, did admit to me that he was struggling with pornography again. And, you know, sometimes I would lash out and be very angry or upset or cry. But this time I was very calm and I just told him, why do you keep cheating on me? Why do you keep do you know that this is adultery? And it was just one of those eye-opening moments where my husband realized, you know, what exactly he was doing. And I think that that part of the message is is very powerful because I think a lot of men and even women who struggle with pornography do not recognize it as adultery. And I think that they need to. Toby and Joey, is it adultery to look at pornography? Um, so pornography, I, I think, like I've told my wife, the idea of me looking at another woman is what Jesus said. If I've lusted after another woman, then I've committed adultery in my heart. And so I think that to be true. I mean, if Jesus said it and I say, Does I believe it lessen in Jesus, it to say in your heart? No, it I doesn't mean, lessen you, it. I, just I stop I, and say, I, I, you've cheated on your it, wife. It lessens it to us, but not to God. And that's who we should try to aspire to be like. So I would say if I, I, it is easier for my wife to forgive me for looking at pornography than it would be to actually physically having sex with a woman. But at the same time, I think it's just it's this lazy thing that we have now, too, where I'm cheating on my wife and I don't even have to actually go out and find a person and woo them or pay for it. Or you know what I mean? Like I just I can just hop on a computer or something like that. So it's like a, even a lazier, worse thing. Those, if we if we if we if we mess up with those little things, we're going to mess up with the big things, too. Yeah. 
All right, this has been great, man. Thank you so much, Jen. We really appreciate you being on here. We before you go too, we did want to talk about uh, your blog. It's called The Unveiled Wife, and you have a book out, right? Um, I have a devotional out for wives called Wife After God, and it's a thirty day study, and it's available through Amazon. And then I also um, I do have a book coming out called The Unveiled Wife, and it's my story of marriage, of hardship, of wanting to leave my husband, and then God totally transforming both of us. So. Um, that comes out March 3rd, 2015, so this spring, and I'm very excited about it, but terrified at the same time because, like I said, it's the most transparent I've ever been. Well, that sounds good. So your website is theunveiledwife.com. That's the same title as your book, and you have a devotion, mm-hmm. devotional book as well. So we encourage everybody to go visit Jen's site, uh, check out her stuff, leave her messages and comments, tell her what you think, that she probably in the same way it sounds like as us, likes to hear from her community and really does get value and is this is probably shaped as we are from the things that you guys Absolutely. comment, tweet, tell, and email us. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jen. We enjoyed talking to you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. I think the main thing that we've all learned is is if you're in a marriage and your sex life isn't that good, the marriage ain't going to just start a blog and then it'll get crazy in the bedroom. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> thank you guys so much. You're awesome. <laughs> all right, that was Jen Smith. Uh, please go to her site, The Unveiled Wife. There's no the. It's just unveiledwife.com. Oh, My bad. Good work, Joey. Yeah, you got it. And uh, she's got some books out there. And uh, so women, be encouraged. And if you're not Men married. Men be encouraged, too. Well, her husband has the blog, too, so you can yeah, go check it yeah. out. Uh, um, so if you're not married, then you might as well just get prepared for marriage. Yeah, so if you're you looking you're for. get married. If you're looking for Christian encouragement in marriage and spiritual things, immediately turn this podcast off and never come back and go to <laughs> unveiledwife.com. <laughs> Okay, so if we were doing this podcast in person, how would y'all have handled the after the interview hug? I definitely would have given her a your standard, a very uh, friendly half hug. Joey would have done basically like a half hula hoop, touch your <laughs> other shoulder, <laughs> and jo- and Toby, you would have done what? Uh, thanks. You uh, have done anything? <laughs> I probably would have shook her hands. <laughs> I'm okay with shaking. I, I mean, I don't know Jen Smith. Well, I have to hug somebody. I you don't, don't have know. to. But I'm saying what you know what I mean. Like I just don't understand that. Like the the hugging thing or like. Especially when you've seen somebody recently and you got to hug them again. I don't really, most times I don't even hug the dudes when I see them again. I yep. used to more and I feel like I've gotten less. So you just like, don't like, you don't care about anything as far as like I, it's. I guess honestly, I guess I have to say, I think hugging is kind of intimate, more intimate to me. And that's reserved you just don't for like my it. wife and kids and maybe some of my dude friends. But you'll do the peace stopper I'll to hug, me I'll hug, when I'm I'll, trying to piss in private. Because that's not a big deal. That's but not intimate. Put your finger up my butthole. That's not intimate. The number one person I have to hug, no matter what, is Joey's wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Priscilla's, uh, Priscilla's a hug monster, and I feel like uh, like there's a sadness if I don't hug her. <laughs> so I have to do it, and I do it. I do it. I try. I, I probably hug your wife two to three times a year. <laughs> completely, Whoa, that is, completely that is, for her. That's so completely much. Completely for her. <laughs> So, so for you, it's not really like the rules or the legalism about not giving hugs like old Joey is. You just don't really don't like touching people. Yeah, I'm not a legalist like Joey. <laughs> I'm not a legalist. Are you kidding? Well, me? let me, th- that, man. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a little story from uh, work this uh, week. I know what this is. Go ahead, tell your version of it. Okay, so we are sitting at our all staff in front of our whole staff, and Joey goes to tell the story about a time where he was out with us, and it was a really bad show, and. 
at the show, I said, I'm done. I got to quit. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so Joey, after the show, goes to Matt and says, hey, Toby, I think he's done. I think he's quitting. And Matt said, no, Toby says that. And every, all the time. Every tour. About that. <laughs> that happens. So I'm just an emotional person, and I say things that I don't mean often. <laughs> that, was my, that was my first experience of it. <laughs> okay. So I go to tell a little bit more of the story. And this though. is at your whole church, too. Who in your church? This is just right. our staff. This is our your staff. staff. Okay. Well, our entire staff of the entire church is okay. there walking around us. But our, we're sitting at a table with our staff. And so, uh, so there's like seven, eight, ten people there. And... Uh, so I tell a little bit more of the story, and I was like, well, this is why it was bad. This is why it was bad. This happened. This happened. I said, at one point, I said, seriously, I was on the on a back porch of this house because it was a living room show. Uh, I was at a, on the back porch of this house, and I was just looking up at the sky in the night sky, praying and talking to God and drinking just straight out of a bottle of Makers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I just went on, and I said, it was just that bad. you know. And then so after that, after everybody left, we're sitting there. I think it was me and Andy and and Joey. Joey says, "That's the difference between you and me, man. I would never have said that. Uh, talk, drink, talk about drinking whiskey out of a bottle in front of some people that could have be having impressionable ears. Kind of that idea." And I was like, <laughs> "And I, I just went like seriously, like Paul to Peter when Peter wasn't sitting, wouldn't, would ran back over and sat with the Jews to eat. I was like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "I'm just telling the story. I don't, I don't think anybody from that story well, why, what, is going to be an alcoholic now." Wait, I don't even understand that. Is that true, Joey? First of all, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so my my thing is if if Toby uh, said in front of a bunch of people, "Yeah, I'm I'm the best singer ever. There's nobody as good as me." I know that he's being trippy. But I would probably say, hey, you probably shouldn't say that because there's probably a lot of people that have no idea that you're kidding. Or if Toby said, yeah, he's man, not kidding. This so is just the details of the story. Why would he leave them out? I don't know what you're talking about right now. The man. whiskey. Let me finish. <laughs> Look, just stick to the story. I, Why should Toby have not said he was drinking alcohol as one of the details of the story? For what reason? Well, for me, it is. Is he sending the message that he's OK with getting trashed? Because that's not true about Toby. Toby does not think it's okay to get wasted on a big bottle of whiskey. But it, when you say things around that just seem reckless like that, there's people that could that could be like, hmm, that's that's weird. I, I, I totally just I, I know to you be, disagree. I know no, both I know, of you but disagree. Here's why I don't, here's why I don't this is what this is what this is really right to the point. I'm even surprised that you really think that, first of all. But secondly, the reason that's really confusing to me is because all you're saying is the worst case scenario is another person could think the wrong thing about another person because either they think, yeah, hell yeah, I like to get drunk too, which is not what you were worried about, right? Or two, you think, uh-oh, what if this person thinks something about Toby and I don't want I want to manage that. Well, and I don't understand that. If Toby was okay with saying it, like why? Yeah, well, I th I think this this goes into just my differences of opinion with you guys as far as there is a uh, there is an expectation of leaders to do the best they can with the responsibility that they're given. But but that doesn't make sense because he didn't say anything about getting drunk. He just said he was drinking out of a bottle of whiskey. So right. why does that imply? that somebody would be okay with drunkenness or worse still, why would it matter if he, if she misunderstood what he thought? Yeah. What uh, would be the again, problem? Uh, again, I am more into 
clarifying around people that I don't know well. But that, uh, that would make it feel uncomfortable. Hey, oh, drink a bottle of whiskey. I definitely then wasn't, don't say it. I wasn't getting drunk. But it's a part of the story. Okay. What, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, why do you are you afraid that somebody will hear the story? That's why that's why I didn't understand. Are you afraid that she is going to be an alcoholic now or that she would think bad of me or that she would quit the church or anything like I mean would it be if different anything, if y'all weren't at church that's no, what I said no no it's a potential mischaracterization of you you are not a drunkard but I didn't the, say I was I know that's the, the whole o- point the you o- said that no, you Joey, were sitting there with drinking whiskey Joey out of the, the only person that thought that was you now I don't you, know that you mischaracterized her and my me and the whole situation okay you assumed hey because somebody mentioned drinking that so this could be bad, so well, don't do it. I mean, it's the same. That doesn't make sense. It's the same thing on the uh, Metal Sucks podcast. You guys are talking about playing uh, a- alcohol drunk games, and I'm just like, uh, okay, I don't care. But like, we played them. My f- I mean, I put, we pl- we did it. So yeah, what do you I want me to do? Not not say it? it? It just makes you guys sound pretty stupid. I think. I don't think so. Well, at, no, that's but, fine. But at, that's no point did we, at no point did we say we got drunk playing that game, right? And we were with our friends playing a game. Right. Well, all of a sudden. So you assumed that we got drunk. No. Or you assumed that I got drunk with the whiskey. Or you assumed that my story would make somebody else fall into sin. No. That's what you're saying. But, what? I mean, what should we leave out? What truth should we leave out going forward, though? Is there what I'm is a certain level of responsibility as far as making sure that, that, that people don't misconstrue. Now there's no misconstrue way. What? There's no way you what can. What could she misconstrue? I said I drank whiskey out of a bottle. What? I told the exact truth of what happened. What could she misconstrue? Now if she said, "Hey, when you were drinking out of a bottle, were you trying to get drunk in that story?" I would have said no. But I mean, that that's on her. I'm just telling the right. facts of the story. See, I feel like it's with not this, just a riot. I mean, that, do you hear what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying, you, but, I, but I, you're, you're stretching it. Like I didn't say anything wrong. I said exactly what happened. And then it's on the listener to ask me questions. And are you not. sorry for that you did it, Toby? Even no. That's are you sorry I, you drank I, I, the whiskey? I'm no. totally, I'm totally okay. Like I, I'm not gonna say, Toby, you were wrong in that because I, I know that's what y'all were asking me. Do I? No, I, I think it's a different way that we approach things. No matter what, I do not want a leader to do what, what you're saying. I would, I do not want to be under a leader who leaves out facts so it makes him look better. I don't, I respect that leader less. I'm not even talking about from a leader uh, standpoint. I'm talking as a as a person. All I'm saying is I do not think that uh, if so. Basically, you guys are saying that what Toby said it does not lead people to think that he's getting wasted. If that's I don't know. I don't think case, that. Ma- I think that's irrelevant. I think that doesn't matter. Yeah, and because I people see my do. tattoos, Joey, and think that means I'm a criminal and get drunk. I promise that, you. That's once again that goes back to my point of it way more that would be on her not me i'm just telling facts of the story and if the, she thought that and just like you did or if you assumed that i got drunk or whatever and you you put that on me well that's that's your sin not mine i'm just telling the story man like I mean, my I, if i go around with my tattoos out do i need to tell everybody look trust me i haven't been to prison i'm not a criminal i'm not a bad person i just have these tattoos so just so you know that's the equivalent of what you're saying. Yeah, I drink whiskey, but guess what? I didn't get drunk. It wasn't wrong, just so everybody needs to know. Or I can cover up my tattoos or leave out the story, the details of the story when I drank that whiskey. That makes no sense at all. How does that make no sense? People associate drinking whiskey out of a bottle with getting drunk and sin, and, and they associate tattoos with criminals. That's what my grandma thinks. Totally, I totally said earlier in this conversation that you cannot and you should not try to control it all. This was a specific conversation about a specific story of toby drinking whiskey straight out of a bottle 
So there are going to be some people that visualize Toby listening to country music, depressed, and drinking a whiskey. But that's not my so responsibility. What? So what? That's not my responsibility. Who cares if Who that's cares? what they think? Yeah, I disagree. Why? What? That's wrong, then. No, it's not wrong. No, if at the worst, the best possible thing is I say that I'm telling the truth, and then it reveals their sin of oh, they only think people that drink whiskey get drunk only, or they listen to country music, whatever you were just your example you're just using. Jesus definitely did actions that led people to believe that he was sinning, especially directly related to alcohol. Right, because you cannot control everyone's perceptions. Jesus had multitudes looking at him. This is we're talking about a specific conversation. I am not telling Toby that he shouldn't drink a mixed drink in front of a bunch of people because you that's just not never fair to know. Because Jesus had plenty of one-on-one interaction where they might have thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, so just because he was yeah, in front of people. I, I agree. Mean, Let's wrap this up. But I think Jesus did exactly what you're saying Toby shouldn't have done. First of all, is re- relating to alcohol, and secondly, I'm telling you for sure, I do not want. I would be very upset for my pastor to tiptoe around me and not tell the truth because he was worried about what it might imply about. Him. I, I can't I didn't stand say that. anything about Toby not telling the truth. That, that's leave out details because of what it might imply. You're that's basically you're telling me that I think Toby should lie. That's that's messed up. You're Matt. saying you Toby that's should really messed up. No, Toby should leave out details because of what they might imply. I mean, this is crazy that you guys are arguing something that I basically just said. Yeah, I would have done that a little bit differently. So I mean, it, well, I mean, but the, the root of the issue is a lot deeper than that. It sounds like you think that what he did was wrong. I mean, there's no way of getting around it. You are were concerned that she might have thought I was drunk from, there, my, from my listen. story. And I'm telling you that that can't matter. Once again, like I said last week on the podcast, if it's coming down, if my whole existence with our creator, the creator of all, comes down to somebody thinking in a story that I drank too much, I just I don't know what to do. It, it has to be more about that. That's why Jesus didn't brush it off. Yeah, they thought I was a drunk. So what? Okay, who cares? Yeah. All right, moving uh, on. So, yeah, I agree. Well, how can I apologize for getting heated about that argumentatively, Joey, if so, but I do, I'm honestly just really shocked that you think that. So, no problem. Maybe you're just trying to do the thing where you represent other people, but, which yeah, is cool. I, you know what? I forgive you. I forgive I you, wanna, too. I just want to be real right now. I just, I just totally <laughs> forgive you and love you, and I accept you the way you are. All right, give Toby a big side hug, and then let's do some news, people. Here on planet Earth, where everyone's watching, watch your back, keep your stories to yourself, don't (laughs) tell anybody anything. Psych, this is the truth that I'm about to tell. This is News with Toby. Here's your damn news. All the way, all details, all the time. Why'd you just stare at me? You look psycho just now. My first news story comes from AP. Stephen Mason. Stephen Mason and Stephen Mason beat another man after a funeral, say the police. Hmm. Did you have a stutter, Toby? No, I did not, Matt. This comes from Drayden, Maryland. Police say a man and his two sons beat another man with pipes. <laughs> Wait, and so Stephen Mason, Stephen Mason Jr., and Stephen Mason the third? Well, let me explain it here, Matt. I don't mean to laugh at the man that was beat with pipes. We're laughing at the three names, but uh, they all three beat a man with pipes and a bat while he was pinned underneath a car after a funeral reception. Authorities say the beating happened December 5th and was part of an ongoing dispute over land in southern Maryland. Deputies say a man was hit and pinned by a car in a church parking lot and beaten by 40-year-old 
40-year-old Steve, 49-year-old Stephen Mason and his sons, 21-year-old Stephen Mason and 25-year-old Stephen Mason. <laughs> wow. So his, he named both of his sons Stephen Mason. Yeah, but he spelled one of them different. One is P-H-E-N and one is V-I-N. Are, but are, oh, so all three Stevens are different spelled. Right. Clever. Yeah, so he doesn't have to address the junior and the third and stuff like that. Right, he doesn't have to say any of that, so they're um, all spelled differently. So that lets me think a couple of things that are interesting about names and stuff, which I think that's pretty good, because right. I did think about naming Georgia Bridget Jr. I thought that would be really cool, especially as much as they look alike, but that would have been great. But Georgia may, in fact, have a daughter. William, your son, might have a son and name him William, in which case they'll start calling William William Sr., correct? Yes. So that, therefore, That would be like calling someone who doesn't, isn't married, though, Mrs. No, not but, married yet, but they could be. So you could call. So it wouldn't be wrong if he's William Senior. I mean, he's William Senior today. So you could call him William Senior. No, but if he never has a junior, then he isn't a senior. Yeah, you're you're basically assuming he's going to have a junior, and he may not. So it could be wrong. Okay, never mind. Could be wrong, right? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, why won't you just go with it, Joey? Why can't you just go with it? I, well, if I would have gone with it, y'all would have said that I didn't talk enough. I mean, I was trying to talk. No, I'm just saying go with it, yeah, and just you make you add on to what I'm saying would be the Joey's idea. Joey's basically done with this podcast. He I know we'll get up. through it, but I'm just saying, just for the record, just go with it, and that would be really good. Joey wants this podcast to be his sole income and living, but he's given up on it today. <laughs> what are you Look, talking about? He's looking at me. He just asked me, "What am I talking about?" Man, I would kill to be in Seattle right now instead of beside a beached whale over here that's pissed off. Here's another story from AP. <laughs> Joey, get back quit. in the game. Jo- You're Joey's, okay. Joey's bailed on us. He's totally got upset because we called him out on the drinking thing, and he's bailed. All right, he's, Joey, get back done. in this. You can do it. I believe in you. What are you talking about? You're bailed. Pump, you're, pump you're, it up. You kind of have an attitude, and you're not into the podcast anymore. You want to quit. I just talked, and you guys heckled me for it. I didn't heckle you. I'm helping you. Let's move it up. Pump it up. Can you go along with me, Joey? Good Lord. Joey, can you back me up? I think you're awesome. If we agreed with everything on this podcast, then uh, the jokes. Would be a miracle. Let's, agree, let's make it a, a deal to agree with jokes. How about that? Can we start there? Okay. This happened a while back, but I thought this story was pretty cool. Marijuana soda bottles explode at Washington shop. That's what's bad for you is the carbonation will get you. Not the THC, but the carbonation will kill you. Is that what it is, huh? I didn't even know there's such thing as marijuana soda bottles. I didn't either. Uh, this comes from AP uh, as well. Bottles of legal marijuana-infused soda delivered to Washington State pot shop started exploding on the store shelf. The manager of Top Shelf Cannabis, <laughs> Zach Hennepin, told Como News that it sounded like a shotgun going off. No one was injured at the store in Bellingham in northern Washington where the recreational pot is legal. Hennepin wore a face guard and protective clothing to move more than 300 bottles of to <clears throat> more than 300 bottles to a steel trash bin and most had exploded by Tuesday. Isn't that crazy? Oh, so th- so then they had to treat them like weapons because of all the potential energy stored up in the ones that hadn't busted. Right, so he was scared crazy. he was going to get shot in the face with more. Mirth Provisions founder Adam Stites says there was too much yeast in the soda and fermentation caused excess carbon dioxide to build up. Well, you know what would be really scary is diet marijuana soda and Mentos. That's what you got to watch out. <laughs> You gotta really watch out if you put the diet marijuana soda next to the Mentos in the snack aisle of the pot shop. Right, super scary. Uh, once again, guys, marijuana kills. Stay away from it. It will kill you in your drinks, and if you smoke it, well, no matter what, 
Just stay away. There's uh the closest business to my house now is a marijuana dispensary, actually. Oh yeah, I think you told me that. That's Have you been crazy. to it? Uh not I mean only when, you know, like the only on doctor's orders, of course. <laughs> but it it literally is it's clo- it's closer than the closest ga- it's the closest business to my house. It's about 150 yards from my house. Big you green You seem plus like sign. someone who would try marijuana. Why haven't you? I don't I don't well, he has. I, I I've done the uh, space cakes, the THC brownies in in Europe before. Well, but shit, I've never, all of so our listeners now are going to start smoking marijuana. So I've only done edibles, but I don't. I've never. Honestly, the reason I never got into it is because I just don't like smoking so much. I just would never do that. Oh. Like, Joey, so, do you ever you know smoke I mean? cigarettes? Like, I guess I would prefer a joint I don't know to it if I did it right. <laughs> I, I said you tried to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, when I was super young, but I don't think I really got the. <laughs> Like Real if I had the choice, I, if I had the choice, I guess I would choose a joint over a cigar, but I would not, I wouldn't choose either if I had to. Yeah, that's crazy. I used to love cigar. Toby and I used to go to a playground and he would smoke cigarettes. I'd smoke a cigar, and now he's kind of into cigars, and I, I just don't like them that much. No, I don't like any of that stuff. Yeah, I kind of like a nice cigar here and there. All right, I got one more story for you guys. This is also through the AP, but it's through the Daytona Beach News Journal. Angela Stolt sentenced for killing and then cooking her neighbor. Good nice. Lord. You know, to tell convicted. you the truth, I did see this story on the internet, and I thought, that could be news with Toby. <laughs> <laughs> a Florida woman convicted of cooking her neighbor after strangling and dismembering him has been sentenced to life in prison. A Volusia County judge sentenced 42-year-old Angela Stolt on Friday. She was convicted of first-degree murder. Authorities said Stolt tried to cremate 36-year-old James Schaefer's body in April 2013 by putting several body parts in an oven and in pots on the stove. When that didn't work, she put his body parts in bags and threw them in the trash. Authorities said Stolt relied on Schaefer for money, although their relationship was platonic and that money was motive for the murder. So she cooked him? That was just yeah. an attempt at cremation, though. Yeah, she thought she could cook him in, like, I guess... Uh, Saute him down. I don't <laughs> just redu- make a redux. A reduction. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem with that is everybody. Uh, I mean, it's crazy how many times people try to burn bodies. I guess you think get rid of it, but you. I mean, we all. It's not everybody knows the bodies. What eighty five percent water or whatever. So it's not. You know, it's hard. Matt, to, it's hard to burn I, wet wood. It's not especially yeah. a bo- human body it's full yeah, of water. That's true. I didn't even think about that. that what you need is a human sized food dehydrator. Maybe you could get a few food dehydrator and then chop them up, put them in that, then burn it. Yeah, you have to turn it into but human jerky first. Um, well, when you cremate somebody, you can, but those temperatures are thousands of degrees to, to get there. So they're all yeah, that's true. I didn't think about cremation. Now, the other question I have is like, so the easiest way then would be like just like some kind of acid, right? Didn't they do that like on Dexter and stuff yeah, like it is, that? That's like, yeah, that's possible. If you have the right uh, amount of Well, the problem with that is you can't really get those acids. They're um, that much of those commercial acids as you would need would be a red flag somewhere so if you were murder murderers always almost always have a motive so all they do is check the people motivated the enemies family people with grudges they check them out totally and then if you you would have a red flag if you went and bought a bunch of chemicals also and you were a suspect so they would connect the dots had you purchased a giant amount of acid from a chemical whatever matt now have you thought of the best way to kill somebody well, the people that are do the best job of it are the truck drivers that do by the truck stops. They say there's a big yeah. problem with that, and but that but that's still not motive. That's usually serialized, like killing lot lizards and stuff like that, and prostitutes. So it's easy to kill homeless people and prostitutes. But I don't really 
think you there's a bona fide way to get rid of your wife. I think it'll always come back to you. Maybe you can get off and not get convicted, but I think it'll always come back to you motive-wise. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's just too hard. That's why I would always... That, uh, this is what I was going to say when I was reading the story. I know this sounds really strange of me to say this, but whenever I hear about somebody who's like 30 or 40 or especially younger, like 20 or in their teens, and they kill somebody and then they get life, I always feel remorse for the killer. Yeah. Like, man, they're going to be in prison forever. They're never getting out. Their life is over. Their time here on earth is basically So you're sympathetic done. to the person who receives no, I, the sentence? I, I, I hate, yes, I hate that too because I know they committed the crime. They shouldn't have done it. They deserve punishment. I mean, I don't want them on the streets, you know, all that stuff. But there is something, like even this lady, she's only 42, and I'm just like, well, even though she's a terrible lady, she killed somebody, tried to cook, <laughs> all that stuff. Bad lady, I mean, I feel a little bit bad. I mean, that means the 10 years from now, she's still in the exact spot. 10 years from that, she's still in the exact spot. Maybe 10 years after that, she's still in the exact spot. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, there's just no end. Like, what she does now, every day, she'll do exactly, no matter what, and that's it. Yeah, that's a, maybe sad. a twisted version of human compassion. Like, you do have compassion for other people. You just can't. Maybe it's because you can't truly understand the evil that she did, right? Like, if you, yeah, you, might if, you right. if you were close enough to it, watched right. her do it and everything, you probably would not, or it was somebody you cared about, then you would understand her evil enough. So it's maybe probably so, like a twisted version of compassion. my brother or something, and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, she tried to eat Gary, yeah. then maybe I would go, yeah, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, if she, had made, remorse, if she had made Gary meatloaf... <laughs> Gary Morrell meatloaf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That was news with Toby. Yeah. Very good. So the you didn't mean that, did you? I meant it because it's over. <laughs> uh, so news with Toby. Uh, so yeah, that was news with Toby, and uh, that's brought to you by the members of the BC Club. So the BC Club is people that contribute and pay to listen to this podcast and get stuff and perks from us. You can see that stuff at badchristian.com forward slash contribute. We need some help. We need some money. We're trying to grow our podcast and put more time into it. We really believe in what we're doing, and we know you do too. So see if you could part with some money monthly, just a few dollars, and uh, pay actually pay for this podcast if you listen to it, and that'll help us to do more. We're, we want to do a lot more things beyond just podcasts, but we'd like to do more episodes and stuff like that. So News with Toby today was brought to you by, hit it, Joey. Nicole Hamilton, Tim, Tim Falkenberg. Adam Heeren, Justin Faber, Connor Gillespie, Bill Cock, Manuel Ramos from Guatemala City, Guatemala, and last but certainly not least, ha hailing from Batavia, Ohio, Cat Arthur. Oh, and Seymour Crevice. And by the way, all of you have a podcast episode coming to you this week. It will Who does? Just the BC Club members? Every single BC Club member. They get will a private a exclusive podcast? Exclusive to them. It's not one other mostly person. Mostly only here. profanity. Yeah, it's going to be profanity. It's going to be it's the, all it's the good X3 stuff. Watch accountability stories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the ones we can't hear. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining us. This is when we have a joke. Hey, Joey, you know what? We expense. were a little hard on you. Could you make? Could you like give a joke to me or Toby, and we'll end with that? Yeah, or, or it could be anything you want to do, buddy. Yeah, we whatever you want to do. However you want to end this podcast. Yeah, you just you just do it. You okay, just, you just be you. You do, Joey. Okay, uh, come on in here for a second. There we go. Hey, hey what's up, Dicky? Dicky, I didn't know you were waiting outside. Yeah, I was. What were uh, you doing, Dickie. smoking pot with McConaughey again? 
Uh, yep, uh, Dicky. I just I want it, I want I you. It. I want you to end this podcast uh, by telling Matt and Toby what's on your mind. Okay. 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 Yes, you motherfuckers. Stop saying that Joey is fat and stop making fun of him. He's my best friend, you motherfuckers. And stop that shit. I hate you. Fuckers. The you. <laughs> That's how you wanted to end it. <laughs> you t- <laughs> <laughs>